So, hey, what's up, guys? Rift Insight Season 1, Episode 5. And today, we have an assortment of topics, and he is constantly banging his foot on the fucking desk, Mr. Uh, Sir. <laughs> Bruining up the audio quality. Is that all you're good for, is ruining my audio? <laughs> I mean, the audio is already filled with your terrible voice. I mean, there's that. Okay, uh, what? Your jokes are funny, but how was your week, sir? Do you actually care, or is this small talk? I'm just asking. I can't ever ask, like, how your week's gone. Like, what if I'm... Literally 30 minutes before this, so... <laughs> what if I'm genuinely interested in your life? Like, other girls are going to be... Other girls are not going to be genuinely interested. But, you know, I, I, I might some someday. Ever since you, know? you have got that girlfriend, you've been so condescending in terms of girl stuff. I hate you. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, so, hey guys, uh, assortment of topics this week. Uh, the LEC has been getting a lot more interesting. C9 lost to Team Liquid in the uh, rematch. C9 beat them in week 3 or week 4, and then now TL took them down. Dignitas really do look hopeless, but then they obviously won against uh, EG yesterday. So I thought to myself, okay, are they really this hopeless? But then I saw a few games where they just weren't contesting anything, and they just chose to lose. And also, if you guys did miss my recent upload, I actually got a chance to interview my very first LCS pro, which was Olorum. Now, as I watched it over, I do realize there's things I could have did differently. So the next time we talk, things will be a little bit more different, and the things I'll ask. But I wanted to break the ice and make sure that he was comfortable, obviously being on the channel and making sure that he w would want to come back. So you know, I have I now know somebody that works in the LCS, which is a pro now, and then now I know the the one person who works for CLG. So yeah, getting my connection set up, which is actually pretty cool. So I like that. So, so what did you think about my uh, LCS interview I did with Alorum? I mean, I thought it was interesting at the very least. Alorum is one of the, in my turn, if you're going to talk to somebody like in the league right now, obviously Bjergsen, he's been, we, we know pretty much everything about him. Everybody is pretty, pretty old to the system at this point, but Alorum is an up and coming talent. I think he's, he's shown some of the most versatile, like capabilities out of a top laner because he's able to play weak side better than pretty much everybody, but maybe impact. And Lakers maybe, but for the most part, that's like not something you see out of a rookie too often, which is mm -hmm. why I think it's an exciting person to pick up. Like he, he genuinely, I I think Orlorum is one of the best talents to come out of NA in a little bit since like a uh, Vulcan. I definitely don't think he's bad. That's the thing though. He's actually uh, overall a solid player. He just he just understands that he doesn't know you know what his ceiling is yet because he said that every year he's been getting a little bit better and better. So it's always, you know, up in the air about, you know, where certain players can go. Because, like, we can see a certain player as, like, bad, but they know their ceiling is much higher. So that's usually how that goes, too. I mean, it's hard to look at stuff in a scope of, like, we kind of just generalize stuff as we see somebody play like this. So this is how good this person is going to turn out. And that's just mm -hmm. how we have to look at it. They have a, they have more of a perspective on their own lives. So obviously they're going to have a better idea of how they think they could turn out and like the improvements they can make. We, we can't really know much on the outside. But, I mean, I think he has some some pretty good qualities for a player. I mean, I don't know how good his carry potential is, but, I mean, that's something, considering he's pretty new to the scene, he could definitely work on. But as it stands right now, I've been pretty happy with him. Him and Linsa I mean, Insanity have been pretty decent. So, 
Hmm. Actually, people kept complaining that the LCS never tries out new players. This has been a split where we, the LCS is actually trying new players. You had Potluck, Insanity, Alorum kind of is still new because he played on Optic last year. Well, let's look at, yeah, look at the teams that did it. We have Cloud9 doing it for the most part if you count Vulcan, but I don't know. I don't know if you mm. really count Vulcan, you count Blabber too. There's a lot of people. Kind of, yeah, because he really, it's, well, I, technically, it's, it's hard to count Blabber because remember, he technically did get a full split. I'm remember not saying he's he, a rookie. I mean, he never really got a full split. because technically he did. Got, he started in week seven, remember, of like the LCS 20, no, 2018 summer split. Remember how he came in for week seven? Week or week seven six? Very, no, week five. We came in for week five after Rift Rivals and he played every week up, uh, up until yeah, then. Remember? Still, that's not an entire week. That's like half the split. But, uh, I mean, he did end up getting subbed out towards the later half of the split anyway, so. Yeah. But uh, the big thing about it, obviously, they have a lot of up-and-talent. Like, Team Liquid has Tactical. We have Dignitas with uh, Johnson. We have Immortals with uh, Lorem and Insanity. We have, I mean, there's a lot of people that are getting kind of getting, like, at the very least, they're, they're getting chances right now because I see a lot of the teams taking chances on younger people, and that's not something I've seen. I think this is probably the most... Most your rookies I've seen like stay this long inside the scene ever. Why are you so dark? What's happening? Oh no, I have uh, certain applications I have are on dark mode, like okay. Facebook and um other things because yeah. dark mode is lit. There you go. Now you now now you see me. Now you don't. <laughs> but, uh, uh. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been a lot of good up and coming talent inside of the uh, the LCS recently, and I've been pretty happy with it. Um, so. What do you think about when people say that certain LCS players are kind of on the same caliber as Academy players? You know, there was that discussion where people were, were saying like certain teams in Academy could take could easily take off games of like LCS teams that are in the middle of the pack. Um, I mean, which specific one are they talking about? I've seen, from my knowledge, from what I've seen out of the the, the Academy scene, there's if you put the best of the best players out of the Academy onto one team, you'd probably have a team that takes that competes for like the like middle of the pack. Like I honestly think they're better. Some of the uh, academy players are better than the lower pack. What's it called? So there's not a difference between the lower tier uh, LCS and the best players in the uh, the academy scene anymore, in my opinion. Which isn't something I'd say about most other regions. Most of the other regions are pretty pretty solidified in the fact that one or the other. I mean, there's a pretty distinct difference between the two, but uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to be the case for the. LEC right now. I mean, for the uh, LCS right now, I think it's weird because if people think that LCS Academy teams are at worst decent or comparable to LCS teams, it's like, what are we even doing? If our Academy teams can beat the, uh, you know, the, their stronger counterparts, then are we having, are we developing talent? Cause that, that'll be developing talent though. If, cause that's the point of Academy, you must develop talent to eventually be in the main roster, to eventually play in the LCS. I mean, so the goal of the academy is to develop players that can end up eventually end up getting onto the main roster. And that's the thing about it is veterans should be brought on to teach the young people what 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 is to be expected in the LCS. I mean, obviously you wouldn't use Mash as a veteran to train people, but at the same time, <laughs> there's a few other ADCs and all those those veterans you could bring in to teach them. But at the same like, and and there's also the capabilities of being able to bring in like a. Like uh, the, the veterans, if they prove themselves, they could make it on the main stage, and that's how it works out for them. And then the young people, pretty much, they're gonna get a lot of chances because they're pretty new to the scene. So there's there's just there there's not much I can say about that. I mean, I I do believe in a lot of these players. 
it just depends. Like, I don't know. I've been a, an advocate of switching out players when you, you, you have the chance to. Because, like, if you never switch players out when you're losing to, to try and see what they can do, you're never really, really going to flourish. Because if you always go with the mindset of, you know, this guy can't handle certain situations, you're never going to improve. Because you don't know what a player can handle in I any mean, situation. He's, he, you, you definitely get the chance to test yourself inside of the uh, academy scene. There's not really anything you're going to be... If you can't handle the academy scene, I don't think you should get a chance in the LCS. Because obviously, if you can't even handle academy level players, you're just going to be worthless on the scene. Um, you don't. You, there, there is genuinely no chance to get to the next level if you already can't handle the previous level. I, I, don't, I don't know how much I agree with that point. But uh, I do think switching people out when you get the chance to, like Johnson was able to get swap swapped out into Dignitas out of, like in in terms of just swap, like they got rid of Cody's son from Clutch mm. earlier. Like I think there's been a lot of good cho- choices in terms of like I would switch people out if you have somebody who looks like they have talent inside of the scene. Like, yeah, there are definitely but- there are definitely situations. And then now we have Core JJ as a front runner for MVP in most oh, people's been, eyes now. He's been incredible. I mean, like the Cloud Nine game specifically, I mean, his Blitzcrank pretty much solo hand like carried the game See, for the most part. I watched that game and I watched it about a few times. I watched the highlights first, then I watched the VOD. And when I watched the VOD back, it's not that scene I was playing bad. They were playing badly around the blitz pick. And mm-hmm. definitely in, in draft, when you show your Sona and your Lux bot lane that early, that see, that's the bot lane you pick later on. You should have set up for a counter pick, so that, that way you force out the support pick on Core JJ's part. They picked it too early. Like, I, I understand what they were trying to do in the draft. And they didn't even play badly in the game, though. I think people are getting the wrong assumption of how their game went. Because that game went as Cloud9 as you're thinking. They were dominating the early game. They got a bunch of kills early on. But it seems like they're doing what they're supposed to do, but they're not really translating it to a, a win. Like, they're halting at a certain point where, like, it, it gets to a point in the mid-game where they have to do a certain thing to win, and they just kind of stop. Back in, like, last split, they were able to get to that point and then exceed to that position where you could get a Baron, get a Dragon Soul, because the game is really Dragon Soul dependent now, where you obviously have to get this Dragon Soul in order to win. And in certain games that they've lost, the reason why they've lost is because they're not exactly being excessively proactive to a certain point. I don't even know. Like, that's just how I see it, personally. My big thing about it, first of all, is I I think the fact is that TS... I mean, Cloud9 goes in with a mindset pretty much every game... When you see uh, Cloud9 doing something, it's the fact that they play to the T of how they're going to play each time, and they go in with a, like a pretty much a, a solidified strategy, and they really don't swap off of that. That's my big thing about that. I think what I see for the most part with them is if somebody swaps them up, like they pull out a Blitzcrank or something, they don't really have too much to be prepared in terms of just pre- preparation for that. Like a Blitzcrank kind of throws everything out of whack because you can't play the same way you would play a regular comp because he has so much ability to – like make every like he, he has the ability to mess stuff like again when you look at the early game pressure that like uh in in the early game when there was a gank through mid with blitzcrank mm-hmm. licorice was able to respond to that and kill what's like a kill jensen like, right kill, no no he killed core jj like oh yeah you're my right my big thing about it is you they know exactly they're they're smarter about the game they were smarter about the game the team liquid they were able to play around the map and were able to take advantage of a lot of the mistakes but the the the, the picks that like cloud nine is not ready for when you have to swap up the game it really just it's you can't you can't play a fundamental game of League of Legends with Blitzcrank on the enemy team. They just they don't know how to play unique play styles. It seems to my to me like they don't know how to play around unique champions. 
Like that's, I, I think that's, that's going to be the problem going internationally. Like going to Worlds, you're going to see unique playstyles. Even wild card teams have unique playstyles that are really, really bad. They're pretty bad, but at least it's unique to them, you know. So let me bring up the C9 TL game that just happened this week. Uh, that was yeah a day ago. C9 versus TL week seven day three. Let me bring this up. Let me bring up the draft because the draft people kept complaining saying it was a bad draft. It was not a bad draft. What are you talking about? Like, I think people just don't know what the hell they're talking about. Oh, it's a bad draft. No, it's not a bad draft. Because if it was a bad draft, you would not be winning. They were winning the game. They're, it's not like they were losing. That's you the point, though. Like people, I'll point out you can win with a bad draft. Bad drafts are not you the can, end all. But this draft isn't bad, though. Let me That's the draft. problem. Let me. Uh, I, I can barely see you in your camera half the time when, when, when you do this stuff. I'm an icon. Uh, back. You, you lean back? Lean back. No? You used to be cool. What I don't know what happened no to you. One, you just... At no point in my life would I have ever responded that well. <laughs> all right, so guys, if you're actually watching this, then all right, C9's composition against TL since this was the match of the week. C9 take Shen, Hecarim, Set, and Sona and Lux. So Wit and TL also take uh fucking hell. Mordekaiser, Trundle, Syndra, Ezreal, and Blitzcrank. Now, I don't really understand. What's the point of showing your bot lane early in the draft? Because that will definitely give the leeway for Core JJ to obviously have them pick him Blitz. Now, the, the the reason why Blitz was the pivotal point of TL winning was because if you hook in Sona, Lux, or even Set, they are going to insta-die, more or less so. And if you insta-hook Sona, she, like, she can't provide anything. She doesn't have any escapes. All she has is the ability where she speeds herself up. That's nothing. Or unless you have to automatically get it with flash-up. So I don't think C9 in particular played badly in the game. The issue here is that TL's comp is better as the game progresses. Like C9's comp works as C all of C9's comps do. They work early game. That's the point of it. But TL's comp works better later on as the game progresses because you have the Ezreal Pokey of the Syndra long range stun. Then you have Mordekaiser, which puts you in the Shadow Realm. And then you also have Trundle to speed them up. So, yeah, I favor TL's comp in this one. And you know what someone told me? What about Jet? Jet is the secret to TL being successful. <laughs> That's crazy, honestly. I mean, so what I do you think? think? I don't think Jad is the reason. I mean, they 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 haven't been winning based off of unique play styles or anything, but just I mean, unique picks or anything. I mean, obviously the the Blitz is a unique pick, but the thing that is really selling this team right now is how incredible I think Core JJ is playing. I mean, I, I don't. But really Jensen like is also playing good too. Jensen is not nearly on the same level as him right now. I think Jensen is probably the second or first bit mid, mid like Jensen is a substantially better mid laner than Niski. Like a laner, like not actually better mid laner, but better laning a mid laner. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Then, yeah. Niski, and I think that's the big, but Niski is obviously more impactful around the map than he is. And he's better in team fights, from my, from my, in my opinion. I think that's the big difference between the two. Like, I think Jensen is, Jensen would probably be my pick for the best mid laner right now, but I think that the gap between him and Corjagia is still significant. And then, yeah. The rest of the team, obviously, I think they need to step up a little bit. I think Tadsko's been playing a little bit better than like recently, but uh, like Brox has been almost like worthless. I mean, he again, he's he's moderately decent at playing like team fighting comps and all that stuff, but he really has almost he has little to no impact in the early game. Like, mm. it's 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 kind of incredible that they picked. <laughs> yeah, because you 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 look at this right here. Fourteen minutes in, they're winning. This is a usual C nine game. See, the, the issue here is, is 
they they would win, be winning a lot harder if they hadn't lost the counter picks. Like obviously Blitzcrank was able to, able to just destroy them right there because they have no one that's able to front line and kind of push Blitzcrank off. They don't they don't have any speed. Like look at that. That's, ex- that's exactly how they play the game. They're not even losing. It's not about that. I mean, they, they obviously had the worst picks here. Like the, the picks are what probably lost them the game. They had so no... someone said if they had an actual ADC, it probably would have panned out differently. I don't know about the ADC. It's 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 more so lack of lack of escapes and just two of the squishiest champions in the game early game. Like the Sona and Lux literally have some of the lowest base stats in the entire game, just purely based off yeah. those. Like, and you pick it into a Blitzcrank, which means you not only do you have no escapes. You have no ability to literally, like, if you get hooked, even if you flash, you're dead. Like, you can't do anything. And that's pretty much just giving away the get the, the lane at that point. You're just kind of pushed into a passively farming lane. And then you get out, you have to get out scaled because obviously scaling ADCs are able to win the lane. Like, scaling ADCs, obviously, late game output more damage because they're able to s- produce sustained damage at a high, higher rate than pretty much anybody else. Like, Ezreal what- is considerably the best ADC right now after Aphelios got, has gotten nerfs on this patch. I mean, obviously, it's not about scaling terms. Like, I, I obviously think he is not the best scaling ADC because he is reliant on how good your ADC is. Like, if you talk about the perfect ADC, obviously, I think Ezreal is the best scaling ADC. Like, because even even better than Vayne, in my opinion, because he, he has a lot more self-peel and the invisibility just isn't enough, in my opinion, to turn the tide. But, uh... I really do think that Ezreal might be the single best scaling ADC in the game. It's just something you can't like you. I mean, he's not sorry because it's just so reliant on that. So it's not like they got outscaled because of the Ezreal or because of Ezreal's pick in general. It's because they had an ADC. Ezreal, obviously, at that point in time, since they picked Ezreal, the reason they picked it is because with Blitzcrank pulling onto a full engaged thing and like pretty much no one else being able to peel, he has to provide the self peel for himself, and that's why he picked Ezreal. But, like, again, it's not specifically the Ezreal pick that lost it. It's the fact that they didn't have the sustained damage to deal with most. Like, again, it's not like, like, what's his name? It's not like they had a massive front line on Team Liquid's side. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of squishies over there. But, uh, again, there's no one no one that seems to be dedicated purely to peeling for him. So, he had to provide that for himself. Team Liquid, Team Liquid, I mean, Cloud9 picked into a point where not only, like, they get shoved in by the Ezreal because he has a lot more push early on. And they also get a that that gives a lot of free roam to Blitzcrank around the map. He was able to get to a lot more fights early game because of that situation. And they, like they can't contest any of the the, the uh, CS early, so it puts him behind a level. And again, the, the wave is always shoving in them. Then he got. I mean, it's not like the the, the, the roams for the most part like mattered. I'm like, if uh-huh. you look at the, the roams, like a lot of them went in Cloud 9s favor. Like the roam towards mid, like the roam JJ towards bot in that one. The roam towards bot, like. There's there's nothing like Cloud Nine played. There's the nothing they the there's there's nothing they did wrong. It was just the picks lost in the game. It's it's just I mean Cloud Nine was obviously more synchronized there. They they had a lot more they had a lot more intelligence when it came to playing around the map. But I mean, yeah, like, I know I watched the game. People said they played bad. I, they really didn't though. I mean, they just they really I, I didn't play down. bad. <laughs> never wins the early game. It's just not. It's just a suborn factor that they lose every early game. <laughs> it is they play the game as we are going to get stomped in the early game until our team, uh, the enemy team, makes a mistake, and then we're going to win. And that's how they play against every single person on the planet. And it's a terrible way to look at the game, but it's working out really well because they're an NA, so it doesn't matter. Mm. So let's look at C9's schedule 
next week. Their schedule. C9 have actually fun fact. C9 have gone one and one for the past three weeks straight. Actually, they've gone one and one. Not great for Cloud9, but again, they've faced some pretty okay teams. I mean, teams are. He, I mean, credit to the league. It is getting a little bit better. It is like I can't just sit here and deny that to you guys. Like, obviously. Like, I like C9, and I will point out things wrong with them. And when we get to G2, oh, I'm definitely pointing out something wrong with G2. I, I'm very, very d- disappointed in our performance. But uh, right now, for the standings, if you guys don't actually know the standings, I will show you right now, obviously on the screen. Uh, C9 and Team, Team Liquid tie for first, TSM third. So, uh, okay, so now with this change right here, you think we have a solidified second second or first best team. Now now we have two legit teams. I don't I have, think we have two legit teams again. Very <laughs> we have unique. a there are yeah. major flaws inside of Team Liquid's playstyle that mm-hmm. just require the enemy team to not only draft to a point where they're able to come back, but also for them to be able to execute their comp properly. And they have to not get lost too far behind in the game. Like, I mean, if you look at it, like Solo's straight up dumpster impact in their, their la- previous game. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Renekton. God. And Solo's not been that good. He's not been that good all split long. He pulled out Renekton and completely put impact in the dumpster. It's just it, it's just incredible to me. Mm. Uh, it's I don't want to give him, uh, Team Liquid too much credit. There, there are major flaws in their play style. It's I, just, but there, there are major flaws in their play style, but they know what they want to do. That, yeah, that's, they're getting carried to, to the point by Corjage's incredibly decent play. And that's get it's pushing them over the hump to being not a bad team. Hmm. Like Team Liquid is obviously looking better than they did last split. Uh, like if you if you even with even with like previous tactical iterations of this this team in general just looks more solidified because Core JJ is playing better. Like, also, um, I think that removing double lift did make Core JJ play better. Like I don't want to be that guy, but it seems like double lifting a negative impact on Core JJ last split really did make him like, oh my god, I don't have to play with double lift anymore. Thank God, <laughs> that negative attitude was tearing I mean, me it apart. It was childish the way double lift went about it. Of man, I, it just it seems like even though I do think he tried to an extent, I think it obviously reflected in the fact that he, he it, wanted it, to be somewhere else. It was that, and I mean, he wanted to, like, this is Doublelift's problem, and I didn't like the reason he gave. He said, like, oh, I wanted to play with X-Smithy. This is the reason why Doublelift will never win Worlds, because he wants to play with players like X-Smithy because they're his friends. All right, um, people who want to win things in their life, let me explain something to you. This is, or people who have watched traditional sports in their life. Games are not based on uh, you winning by your friends. Uh, gameplay and how you play a game and playing the game at the highest level, there's... Not a range where, like, you should let friendships cloud winning. And I think that's Double's problem. He wants to play with Smithy, clearly knowing he has lost every single group stage with this person except one MSI, which was in 2019. They um, have lost every single group stage they've ever been together. They've never got a group before. And he wants to play with this guy again in 2020, knowing they've consistently lost together. That is ridiculous. No, I, no, I, I cannot take that. You, it, I understand you like the guy. I, he's your friend. That's cool. But this, the, the same thing happened with um, Bao Lan and uh, Jackula from IG. They liked each other. They're, they're cool. But they realized that, hey, like we're not winning together. And it's not about friendship. It's about winning. And you got to be able to move on. And like that, that, that's his thing, though. It's like he wants to play with a player who's clearly not internationally capable. I don't care what he says. Expect he's not that good internationally. And he, it, take Smithy again to Worlds this year, you would still lose at a group stage. 
I'll put a thousand dollars bills. Yeah, that'll happen. I mean, I want to point out that going into the season, when I saw Brox was taking a spot, I was not excited at all. And Brox is a, you're I mean, the few people. You're actually one of the few people that weren't excited about the move. I Brox was never gonna look like an, a major upgrade. I don't. I don't even understand it. He's never been his play style to be something that <laughs> Team Liquid needed. He's always been the utility type of jungler, and I thought it would be an upgrade, obviously to an extent, and it hasn't been. It's actually been a downgrade. But um, it that's crazy. Been it's actually yeah, it would insane. have been an upgrade pre previously with the, the, the previous iterations of it, but it has mm -hmm. not been. Like, Brox has been completely negligible in terms of his impact around the map, and it's just, it's been my least favorite part about him because, I mean, not only that, he just has such a boring play style, man. Like, Smithy and Broxa, I don't know, like, if I don't know how to explain it to people who are new to the game, their play style just feels slow. I don't know how to explain it. It just feels like they play the game like a turtle. And, like, that is just, like, the worst play style. I, I mean, that's a lot of problems I have with a lot of junglers. They they don't try to make the things happen. They try to support their team when they make something happen. Like, if you look at his graves, he literally did not make it. He didn't even have, like, in terms of the uh, <laughs> the game against who was it? It was it was last the week before this week. Oh, they when they played up against... Um, they played graves one of the games. Did they play against FlyQuest? It might have been FlyQuest. He didn't have a single assist until 28 minutes in the game. And they had already get... fought two team fights. Like, they I don't played really it. understand. They had a dragon team fight. He didn't get an assist in it. And three of his team members died. And their enemy <laughs> lost a few team fights. Like, he, he, he just isn't <laughs> impacting in any sort of aspect. Like, I'm sorry to laugh, guys. But that's <laughs> I was essentially, by the stats, you are doing nothing. You are essentially doing nothing. It reminds me... <laughs> it reminds me of Blank when he had 50 damage on a Trinity Force by 40 minutes. <laughs> Good God. Good God, man. You can't I mean, make I'll, this shit up. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm, that's 100 Thieves. I mean, 100 Thieves is just, I mean, is boring. Oh, that was against 100 Thieves. That was against 100 Thieves. It was against 100 Thieves, yeah. yeah. It was against 100 Thieves, yeah. It was, it was one of the most embarrassing. Oh, yeah, it was against 100 Thieves because someday he had died in a really weird way in that specific thing. Like, he refused to flash, and, like, there, there was a, a fight inside a top uh, jungle, and he refused to flash away and got killed. Like, oh my, my God, big problem man. with 100 Thieves is the fact, I mean, 100 Thieves, uh, Team Liquid is the fact that there's so many flaws inside of their playstyle that are pretty much per perpetuated by the fact that they don't have an early aggressive jungler. Like, they're, and they're this is what I'll... This is what I wanted to say. If if we had best of threes, because I've seen this type of game in LCK and LP all the time. Run that back in the best of three. Cloud Nine wins that best of three, two one. Because they were because they weren't losing. That's people that they were not losing. They lost in terms of picks and are respecting the blitzcrank. Run that in a best of three. You are gonna get destroyed. Because that happened with um the Hanwha Life series with T one. Remember T one were winning the early game, and then Hanwha had a better uh, a better pick. I think they chose like Bard or some shit. And then they won. It was like, okay, this is a fluke. Let's just run it back. And the T one won two two straight. You know, I mean that's that that is an impressive quality, and I think that it obviously defines whether or not you're a better team, but whether or not, uh, if, depending on like if the the bet the team that's ahead is able to close out on you. Like obviously, any team eventually is gonna lose the early game to another team because there's not even though there there's not always the biggest difference in terms of solo lane capabilities, like. There, there is going to be one of those games where you lose the early game, and that's just bound to happen. There's like a mistake somewhere or something. But whether or not you let this 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 lead translate into something or whether or not they're able to translate into something is the big difference on whether you're able to compete with that team or not. Like, I, I dislike 
I dislike uh, Cloud and I mean, Nicola and then Team Liquid's play style for the most part because it's just they have an early aggressive support, which would benefit a lot from pushing the pace of the game, but they refuse to because Broxa just refuses to contribute in pretty much any aspect. It's, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, I like, I, I think Broxa is one of the nicest dudes. I've seen him talk in a lot of things. I think he's really intelligent about the game, but it doesn't translate into him actually playing the game for some reason. And that's, that's something that bothers me a lot about him. Broxa will be a great jungler back in season five and season six. That is kind of like the play tank junglers who stabilize the game. That's his thing. When it has like aggressive early game junglers like Graves and Lee Sin, you think, I mean, his He's bread and butter, butter champion is Lee Sin. Uh, that's why I don't understand what's going on here. Uh, I mean, they might not be giving him draft resources. That could be a thing too. I mean, but... it's possible that they're just forcing him on uncomfortable picks and he doesn't know how to impact the game, but that's not something you can really contribute to being a good jungler. Like if you can't play all the picks that are meta right now, which is what they're putting him on, I mean, you just aren't a good jungler. He's like, I don't, because worlds, if it happens, it probably it, it probably is gonna happen. I, I mean, TL's gonna have the same problem they had last year. They're too slow. They are too slow. It still boggles my mind how IG even lost to that team. <laughs> That's why I said that was. I don't like to say luck, but I, I, I pretty much was luck right there. But hey, you know they play better on the day. But that playstyle is not good. It's it, it's proven it's not good now anymore. It's outdated, and I. It's not a rag on TL. I, I think they're uh, an okay team. But, and, and it's nice to have two teams that are good. It's nice to have another team like – not exactly like Cloud9, but another team that's not like it, – because it, it was basically C9 and everyone else. Now you have C9, TL, and then you have everybody else. So which you is, have C9, C9 last split and C9 this split. Then you have Team Liquid. Yeah. That's, that's essentially what's happening. It's not that the fact that everybody got better and that's the closing the gap. I mean, that did happen a little bit with only Team Liquid for the most part, and TSM might be a sl slightly better, maybe. But, uh, like, Cloud9 in general has has degraded a little bit in terms of gameplay, and that's something, like, again, I mean, it's not like Cloud9, Cloud9 against these players would have lost, like, one or two games last, but that's just, that is a reality of it. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that uh, these teams are able to do now that a lot of the teams weren't able to punish Cloud9 for. Like, there was, Cloud9 didn't win every single early game. Like, especially against TSM, they, they struggled a lot against TSM for a little bit. Fnatic, is this the reason Fnatic kicks Prox? He was playing a lot better last split. The only reason they kicked him is because Nemesis was friends with Selfmade, and Nemesis was, like, the most most used, like, valuable player on that team for a little bit. Like, he was probably the best player on that team last split. Also, Broxa, uh, their early game communication wasn't solid. You basically had two non-talking players in your mid and jungle role, and you need to have that. You need to, like mid and jungle have to be talking. That's the, like the only the reason they kicked him is because they're friends. That, that that is really and and on top of the fact that why would you not replace Brox with self made? Like, yeah, self made's willing to come over because he's friends with Nemesis. You don't. You don't say no to that. Like, the, but I mean, Broxa wasn't really that good either. That, that's the thing. He wasn't really. I, mean, that I good. get that, but I do think he was still one of the like the top five junglers. But the oh, problem was also, guys, if you are watching this as a vod later on, just make sure you like the video. That's all I ask. You know, because it shows that you know you like what we're doing here, and it definitely supports. So just all I ask is you like, like, like the video. It's free, free ninety nine. <laughs> if you're gonna do that, just do it at the start, man. I know, but you gotta do it in, in, in well, what's that word in the intermissions? You know, you it was do an it intermission. Words. I was in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you had a chance to play next to Broxa or Selfmade, and you had two gorgeous men looking at you, it's just like, I mean, who do you take? You never know. 
This didn't have to become like some sort of fanfic. <laughs> but no, I just think that Broxa and Nemesis not having good synergy. They weren't talking. Mid and jungle are super impactful. If self is going to come over and be a better early game aggressive jungler, it's way better for them anyway. And I mean, it's better now. It, it was it was a, a weird idea in the first start of it, but then you, when, you, when you come around to it, Brox's pathing has major issues in it. It, it. It's just something that people just didn't notice because they just chose not to because they liked the guy, and that's just kind of stupid, you know? He didn't people have just, as many flaws as he had before. I mean, obviously, I think that, again, I wasn't too hyped of him coming into the league. But at the same time, he was better. He was definitely better last year. Like there, there's a significant downgrade in his play style, and that's that's just an obvious. Maybe it's fact. just North America. Maybe it's just NA. Maybe I mean, we're it's, screwing it's, people. I mean, it seems like they obviously they, they all also gave more comfort picks over to Brox when he was over on Fnatic. He doesn't get mm. those very often here. Okay, so anything we missed about TL taking down C9? I mean, no. I mean, team in, in a best of five, in a best of five, do you, do you think C9 would just def- just destroy them? I don't know about destroy them. There's there, there's not a significant difference. I mean, obviously, I think that there there is a few things uh, Team Liquid could take advantage of against Cloud Nine, and I think mm. it pull off that first victory. Who, who's to say they don't have a second cheesy strat? But uh, the thing the thing is that Blabber has more of an early game impact than Broxo will ever have in most games, and that can be exploited. In more games, if you had a best of five, but I'm just gonna point out, CoreJJ has like triple the amount of ganks that Broxa does in most games. That's sad. He, he's, just, <laughs> he's just more often than not in ganks more often than he is. It just upsets me. <laughs> Wait, you play. like when supports are impactful? What are you talking yeah, about? I don't like when jungles aren't. Jungle has the freedom to be able to move around the map more more fluidly than everybody else, and support obviously does have that because they're not they're not pretty much gated by having to CS and obviously they're not going to lose too much XP because XP is already like really like mitigated by the fact that they're dual laning. So. All right. So let's, what the heck is outside? What the heck is going on outside? Oh, it's just an engine. All right. So that's weird. Yeah. Me neither. What the fuck? All right. So. Oh, oh wait, Ryan asked something. Though, by the way, if they respect Blitzcrank or have QSS for Mord's alt, then C9 will be unstoppable. What do you say to that? To be honest, if they respect Blitzcrank or have QSS for Mord's alt, C9 will be unstoppable. The problem is that they built... so Everybody on that team was so would have been so stifled by building a QSS, which is the big problem. They built a team that just... The carries couldn't build it, which was idiotic. Like, mm. you, have a, you don't have an ADC, so, like, again... It's a good idea to get a QSS for the most part, anyways, because it's just an incredibly good item. But it really just power it just gates your ability like power. It stifles your your your, your uh, scaling. It like at the very least it, it slows it down. On top of the fact, you really have a less impactful late game with it. So like at this point in time, like ADCs aren't going to be be affected by that. So why not just take an ADC? Like Mordekaiser always like again. I don't think Mordekaiser was the big problem. I do think that was some sort of a problem, but. The Blitzcrank was an indefinite problem. He he got hooks. The game the tide was turned when they were they were trying to get their, the uh, vision put around the map, and they didn't really they walked into stuff that they shouldn't have walked into. All right, so let's go on to the team you like talking about, Dignitas. So Dignitas, I mean, I don't even know what to say honestly anymore. I mean, they look hopeless. 
Is that the best word you can use? Hopeless. Thing about it is it's... when they introduced Viper into the team, it seems like their the, their stance on how to play the game took a drastic change. It seems like they went from kind of we're worse than everybody else, so we're just going to constantly gank and try and build up a lead to and hopefully we don't make a mistake along the way to we're going to play exactly how Cloud9 plays and hopefully even though we have worse <laughs> players way worse do that because what they do now is instead of doing these kind of early game ganks like where Jardak roams around the map constantly and tries to get stuff going and maybe sometimes he feeds and if they feed it's over but it really you really have to take those chances when you're at this point in time but instead of doing that now they look for early game skirmishes and they're not coordinated enough to beat these teams they never built the team comps that are able to compete with these people like they they, they I don't I don't get why they swap to this kind of play style man like cloud nine but it works better for Dardock overall. You want to give Dardock the leeway. Early game skirmishes are terrible for them because they're just not a court. They're, they're not as coordinated as other teams. They're not as as good as other teams. They lose a lot of trades. Like Aphromoo, obviously, they're big. Like if you see a lot of their situations now, it seems like they're roaming around the map as a whole a lot more often, which is always a good thing to some extent. But I really for just oh, honestly Lord. specifically Dignitas, I don't think it works for them. They're not. They're not the type of team that is going to out-macro a team early game. They really just need to mindlessly gank. Like, yeah, again, the, the, the Afro move was incredible this game. I think that's the main reason as to why they were able to pull this off, even though it counteracts their actual... He's, hey, credit to him. Credit to Afro. He's been playing really Afro well this play. is probably the second best support. Third? Second? Third? Around second. Vul Vulcan, Core JJ, Afro Core JJ is number one for sure. I mm -hmm. think he might be better than Core JJ. I mean, uh, Vulcan right now. Vulcan's had a few off games. I think his bard was not impressive like the one against uh i i don't know what's the point of playing huni he's just kumo was actually improving what's the point ah lord kumo, just... kumo did have a really terrible game and then but other get, than that well, so he... the way it works is you swap out consistent mid you you get consistency in mid or you get, get consistency in top why did you throw that last game it's because again most teams don't know how to play around a blitzcrank uh pick it's just a confusing pick to play around. It's just there's there's so many things that you you have to change the entire aspect of your game. Like there's no it, hook champion it, in the it's game. It's like playing Zillion. Out. It's like when you when someone picks Zillion, you change your entire way of thinking about how you play the game. It's just one of those champions that that you just do it for. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I still don't think anybody is as impactful in terms of like you have to play the game this way into like in comparison to Blitzcrank because if he gets that hook. You're inside of the Miller team, like you're, you're inside of this team, and you don't have the time to flash because if he lands that, you're CC'd for more time than you're a. Like by the time you get uncc'd, you can't QS any. I just don't. I just don't understand what is the difference that fucking Huni brings that Kumo didn't. Kumo was literally playing better. He had the he like one bad game, better. but he had like I, one bad game though. He had like one bad game, it, but Kumo did not bring what I think that I've seen Huni bring to the table to some points. Akuni like has brought a lot more to the table than Kumo has brought. I mean, Kumo's obviously a newer talent, and I think he might have pretty, pretty. He has some upsides. Talents. Yeah, I mean, I think he has some decent talent. But right now, they're trying to make playoffs. They're trying to make an impact, and I think their best chance is obviously with. Uh, you can't replace Bang. Bang is the one important you have to keep. Bang is the. Best He's been player. playing really well. He's the best player on this team. It's just without a doubt, Bang is the best player on this team. You can't take him out. I mean. Mm. So at this point in time, you either have to pick Huni, so you don't have to play Kumo, or you have to play Golden Glue over Jizuke. 
It's just like it's more inconsistent than anybody else on this team. He's more consistent than Hooney, and that's a talent that that, that just takes some talent to be able to do. Like Hooney has been playing mod, like he's been playing champions that you really wouldn't see him at Akumo. His 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 gangplank, even though he's made a massive amount of mistakes on the like just flashing, greeting for kills after he survived a ta- uh, a gank. Like for the most part, he's been playing a lot more champions that you wouldn't really get to be able to play with Kumo. But I mean. The highs of Jizuke are a lot higher than uh, Huni's right now, and I think that's. But why the thing I is would... that, at some point, the consistency and Golden Glue is not going to be what you need in best of fives. I think you want a player like Jizuke in a best of five. Do you want I mean, a player like Golden Glue in a, be- a best of five, though? Do you want a player like Kumo? I mean, that's just the point of it. Who do you who do you think is less impactful? Fuck, like, that? like that, that's that's the thing. Because no, like there were some games where Jizuke picked Karma and literally went zero five every single time. That is that is that's a talent in itself to go zero five. You you there's two inconsistent players and you're replacing them with a more consistent player if you play either Kumo. But or, is Huni more consistent than Kumo is? That's no, no the, Kumo is more consistent, but also yeah. Golden Glue is more consistent than Jizuke. Yeah, Zuke. that's that's the whole point of this. They, you get to choose between these two players, and you're like, who do you want to play out of these two? Like, I don't think either one of I I just think EG is in a spot where I don't think they have many upsides. I think they should just commit to the Jizuke stuff because Huni, although I do think he brings some new stuff to the table, I think Jizuke is the answer to whether or not you can succeed. And he's the only person in this roster that I think has the talent to bring them to Worlds this year. Like, okay, so we're going to have to look at Dignitas in a way. Can they still make playoffs, right? Right? I think, right? They have four games left. Can Dick still make playoffs? Anybody who's watching us, can Dick right still now. make playoffs eventually? Dignitas like moving towards these last one game, one game out of seventh place. Oh my win, lord! If they one... get into playoffs, they're fucking screwed. I could I mean, not imagine them winning anything. If they they're get gonna... in the playoffs, they can beat they can beat whoever is in the t- spot right above them. I can easily. They're not they're not substantially below cl- uh, CLG or hundred thieves. I think they can mm. take a series off either one of those teams. So let's go to everyone's favorite team. TSM. So TSM, uh, they played this week up against CLG. Not the best rivalry in, in LCS. Don't, 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 nobody tell you that shit. It's TSM, Cloud9. That's the best rivalry in the LCS. Hands down, anyone will tell you that. But CLG and TSM had their rematch where CLG basically gave them all the objectives and shit. And right here, you can clearly see that CLG still suck. Nothing's different. They still, still suck. Now, for this game in particular, they were actually winning to a certain extent. They had decent early game skirmishes. As you, as you can see right here, it's always a customary 10-minute Rift Herald thing. And then Spica stole it. Spica steals it because it was early smite from Wiggly, or he, he may have used it early on. I'm not too sure. But uh, what did you think about this game overall? The reason that CLG doesn't struggle as much as they should against TSM is because their biggest weakness in... A, a terrible jungler is negated by the fact that Cla- TSM also has a terrible jungler. So it's like they don't get that taken advantage of them. Like, TSM, these are literally the worst two junglers killing each other. Like, that, that, that is something that you have to take it, like into consideration. They're, they're, a lot of the weaknesses of CLG are pretty much perpetuated by the fact that, like, Wiggly's terrible. Like, again... Oh, Lord. Cloud9... Sorry, TSM have a lot of strengths. I think they have some of the strongest soul laners still, even with the way uh, Broken Blade is playing. playing recently. I still think he's still one of the better top laners. But, I um, don't. 
So why do you put Ruin on Nar? What like what is that? Ruin do you give him Nar does really well into Orun. Like that's just how the, the the matchup works. I think the Nar is the Nar pick is safe for Ruin because he'll literally feed on Gangplank too early to for Gangplank to have any impact. I thought Stixa had a few good arrows in this game. Like Stixa has not looked as bad recently. So like I don't know. They have very underwhelming players on their team. And they're not, but, but they're not exactly good either, and they're not really translating anything. Like, even when they're winning certain points in this game, they're still not really winning because they don't know how to really properly convert all their leads. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, like, look at this. Like, they kind of have an understanding about what they want to do. But, you know, you never really exactly know. Like, Spica, he, like, how do you lose to Spica as a jungler? You, prob you must feel like crap if you, look to, if you lose to Spica as a jungler. No, that must feel really I bad. Think, I think he was more so looking at the fact that, hey, I didn't lose as hard as usual. <laughs> Is that the go for Spica? I don't lose as hard as usual? No, that was... That was uh, what's his what name? Was, that was, it was, that was uh, this okay. fight right here. I'm pretty sure it was this fight where they uh, were actually fighting right here. So, right here, they corridor TSM into where that blast uh, that blast cone yeah. is, and they put them in the... the the bounce house, as is how they call it. They Ruin had a nice uh, ult. Then you had the Galio coming in. I mean, it, it was like they had good things about it as they were performing on this comp. So, like, I would say for CLG, give them this comp more or less. So out, that was the dumbest thing ever. They tried to do hard engage onto a spot where they can literally just blast going out of it. It was it was just <laughs> so dumb. It negated the entirety of Galio ult for the most part. Right? Like it just it, it doesn't make sense. Uh, not the place to fight it. But why do CLG do this? Like, they know how to play the game. You you can yeah. see it from the veteran players. But it's just like, Blast Coning, obviously negating the Galio impact of the fight, where we are obviously trying to have a bounce house, you know, team fight. I, I just don't understand. And Kobe, it was, he was casting the game. He was like, oh yeah, CLG are doing pretty well. You know, I was like, they, but they really aren't though. Like, they're not playing as bad. And that's kind of what I'm seeing out of it. Like, in playoffs, I, I'm still saying they're probably not going to make it. And it would probably be about, I don't know, maybe the the eighth seed going in, probably. They're in eighth place right now, so. There's that. They would, I mean, they would probably end up facing Dig. And I don't know who wins that. I mean, take a toss-up in that. That's just piss-pick one at that point, you know. Uh, but what do you think about TSM? I think TSM is probably again they're they're, they're they're the most definitely the third best team. I don't think there's anybody that can beat with them on that. I mean, I think right now, no, 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 no. I don't think there ever was. I mean, I obviously there is that points where I thought maybe they're going to be the second best team, but they just didn't they didn't keep up with that. I mean, that's just not the case. I mean, they're <laughs> not the third best team. I don't. I'm not really sold on them on that. Zen sold everybody on the TSM second I'm best. Second team, sorry, but I mean, I, I think that the highs of TSM can be the highest in the league. In, in certain aspects, but I just think consistency wise and in terms of just actual macro play in the early game, they just they have the ability to throw the game into chaos and that's why I think they match up well against Cloud Nine. But I mean, But if TSM yeah. go to Worlds, if they go to Worlds as a third seed and they go and play ins, would Spica be a liability even against like play in junglers? Even against play in junglers, yeah. I mean I think he's just not as good as them. Like he's Oof. just he's just not as good as like I mean look at look at the kind of play in junglers there's been dude there's been Levi there's been all these play in junglers that he just couldn't compete with and obviously Vietnam's not a play in jungler team anymore but they were before mm. I mean there's there's uh 
I'd be scared. To, I'd be really scared if I was a TSM taking also, this guy. Like all these junglers that I think, like I, I think if they went into the, as the third seed, they'd struggle a little bit because like the the, the kind of unique plays that uh, teams were able to play in the, the uh, group state or the uh, play-in stages, TSM could never take advantage of or, or at the very least couldn't exploit because of the fact that the, like the early game pressure is going to be generated by the enemy team. Like TSM mm. can't stop that. They have nothing to stop that. They only have early game laning presence. And, I don't and that's, that's barely – that's decent at best. I mean, the, the bot lane is obviously decent. I mean, Treats, yeah. treats and, and Double Lift is a, credit, a pretty decent bot lane. I think it's probably yeah. the second or third boss – third – actually, you know, third or fourth and boss it all lane. And it all depends on if Bjergsen is actually having an impact in certain games. That's all depends on. So, what yeah. I think, in, in terms of an NALCS, I think that their bot lanes are actually solid all around the map for the most part. I mean, like, mm. some of the top – uh, bot lanes. It's Van Vulcan, like Core JJ Tactical. You have, you have a uh, uh, double lifts, trees, Johnson Afromo, Johnson Afromo. You have really good 80s. I mean combos in the bot lane. I mean, even even the Wild Turtle bot lane isn't that bad actually. Wild Turtle Ignar, yeah. Yeah, I just I think for the most part, there's just so much talent inside the bot lane in the NA that I'm I'm pretty happy about that. But that's so, really where it stops. So what happened to um what happened when we had EG and FlyQuest as like top three teams last split, and now they're just like, I guess relegated to fifth place. I mean, first of all, FlyQuest swapped out Fly, uh, Wild, Wild, Wild for no reason whatsoever, and swapped them out for Mash, and they said the big reason as to why they did it was a, a difference in playstyle, but there's. They, they play the same champion, so that doesn't even make sense. Maybe it's he like, has a, a bigger early game presence because while uh, Wild Turtle, Wild Turtle, like he has a tendency to just randomly die and int a game away that they're winning. Maybe, maybe that was a reason why. I'm not too sure. Yeah, but Mesh does that, and he also doesn't generate any pressure in the process. Like, <laughs> Wild Turtle, the, the only unique play style that I could see coming out of Mesh is the fact that his play style is just bad. His playstyle is worse, and that's the only difference in their playstyle. They play exactly the same. He's just a worse player. Like it doesn't make sense to me. All right, so that goes into uh, most of the L LCS. What other games stuck out? Any other games stick out from this week? No, I don't think so. Right? I'll, okay. So I guess that means we go to LEC in just a moment. I'm gonna go and uh, check YouTube for a moment to make sure if I didn't uh, get to a certain game. I definitely don't, don't want to miss anything. Um, Golden Guardians. I don't know. I just think they're they're just super underwhelming. I I don't really know what to do and how to like put them in a per, a certain predicament. What about a hundred thieves? So ever since they beat Cloud Nine, do you think they've had the same level of aggression or the same level of play or no? Hundred thieves just just genuinely got lucky with the Cloud Nine win. I mean, obviously, when they had some unique. They, no, no, no. I, I really, I really have never been sold. Even when they beat Cloud Nine, and didn't look that clean. Like, just genuinely, they have some sort of chaotic playstyle. When they put, when they put somebody on a carry, if he pops off, he knows how to take over the game. And that's just the reality of why it can work out for them. But I think yeah. Cody Sun offers a lot too. He's been playing a lot more better now that he's had Poom over Stunt. I mean, he's still not great. Like, that's just it's it's not the most impressive player. I mean, I, I think that Cody Sun. You've He's always been a Cody Sun hater. You've always been a Cody Sun hater. And I always will be. I'll never swap out there. <laughs> Guys, once he hates a player, it's like, I don't like this guy's play style. He's not Piglet. I hate him forever. <laughs> I thought Sven was better than Piglet recently. I mean, I, I don't know what you want. Uh, I mean, that, that, that's always been the case. I mean, you know. No, it was not last year. 
What? In the spring split, he definitely played better than Pink Pink. Like toward um no the I latter the latter of twenty nineteen. When they swapped Piglet out, I mean when they were playing him, obviously in clutch, like around maybe around maybe like week five, Piglet fell off pretty much, or maybe before. I don't know, honestly. I mean, that's because you don't know what you're talking about. So. <laughs> He's just like, oh, he's calling me stupid, guys. He has, he has great, he has great banter. All right, so let's go to the LEC, ladies and gentlemen. So this week, you would never believe this, but G two almost missed making playoffs. I shit you not. If they had literally lost to Rogue, they were out. They were actually O U T out, and they actually won by Caps stealing a Baron. So. Uh, I have been very, very sad in G2's gameplay. You guys know I love them, but hey, you got to call things like you see it. You can't be a fanboy. And a lot of the picks we're making are bad. You know, a lot of the early game decisions have not been that clean. I, I don't think the players are individually bad. I don't want to say that because I think that there's something still there. You you can clearly tell they're not bad. But it's, you know, what happened early on in the split really affected them. Uh, all the drafts are kind of wonky. Like, the drafts kind of don't make any sense. You know, here, I'll show you guys right now, actually. Let me pause this really quickly, go over to here. Let me start, uh, go like right here, actually. Oh, so, perfect. I'll show you guys in a moment. So, the issue here is that when you have G2 in a predicament like this, it doesn't make any sense. Because I think that overall, when you're looking at this composition, what I'm looking at is, okay... You have Wonder on a stabilized top lane carry, which is Mord. He can obviously lock up the Scion, so he doesn't exactly have, you know, that impact where he can get, you know, obviously his ult off, so you want to ult the Scion before he's obviously able to ult. Then you also have Yankos on Kha'Zix. Yankos is a, de a really good early game jungler, so you want to have him on that early game aggression. Caps on Syndra, I mean, Caps on anything is actually pretty good. Either way, it's fine by me. But then you have perks on Senna and Bard. So is perks just supposed to be some sort of a supportive ADC? Because honestly, if that's how you want to play the game, then that's fine. Because perks hasn't really played uh, too well on pretty much any ADC pick. You know, that's just me being completely honest with you. Rogue's composition uh, had everything going for them. You had the uh, Aphelios pick, who was really strong by this point in time. What were you at? What, 28 minutes in? The Aphelios pick was insanely strong. I mean, he, Hansan was dealing an exceptional amount of damage. Then you also had Inspired, who was able to get into the back lines and obviously all people towards their team so they could kill them. Larson was playing good, good on the Azir. So Rogue overall should not be very sad about this game. There was a actual chance that Rogue could have knocked G2 out of the playoffs. And then Caps, obviously, uh, stealing the Baron right there, uh, really kept G2 uh, in the playoffs hunt, and it kept their overall season alive. Just keep that in mind. If you don't have Caps stealing that Baron, G2 season is O-V-E-R over. That shit is done. That shit is completely over. And, like... I don't know what can they really do to fix their playstyle. Like, do they play um, early centric team comps where you're putting the big majority of the priority on Caps and Yankos? Do you do that? Because I don't really know what they can do right now to really solidify something. Like, if you want to play easy comp, like easy comps and win, that's fine. 
Like, I like that. You can play easy comps and win. But the fact of the matter is, Perks needs to just be on a supportive ADC. Give him Senna. Give him Ash. That's fine. He's not really having an early game impact or even a team fight impact. Like, I don't really look at ADCs for having a you know, an early game impact. I look at the ADCs for having good team fighting capabilities and positioning. Perks has been getting caught out consistently. He's been losing lane with Mickey X, which is, I would never have said that last year or last split, exactly. So it's just, I don't know. Rogue should not feel bad about losing this game, though. They were not losing this game. G2 just had a Baron's deal, and their composition works out better because if Kha'Zix, Kha'Zix can easily assassinate any one of those guys, it's just how it's going to work. And you have Kha'Zix at, you know, late game, which is also a uh, bad thing for Rogue's composition. But, yeah, I don't know. G2 lost to Shalka, and they, they just need to get into playoffs. Just don't worry about getting first place or not getting that to split around just get into playoffs and let's just hope they're going to be a good best of five team they might be a really good best of five team there could be a world where they have their worst split with this really great roster and if they win the split good god these lec players stink just imagine g2 perks's tragedy win the lec split being as horrible as they are right now remember just remember this if rogue knocked if rogue win this game they're done you don't get g2 in the playoffs so this could have been that game where Rogue is like, man, we could have really knocked out G2, but, well, he's back. So, what do you think about this game? I mean, I, I first of all, I want to go to the point of just consistently giving credit to people. Like, there's some sort of met. There, there is not as massive a difference in best of ones and best of fives as you're making it out to be. I think that is a little bit extreme how the, how you're making it. Like, I do think there is some sort of a difference, but if you're bad in best of ones and just genuinely not a good team, you're not going to be that good in best of fives because best of fives literally. The only difference between best of fives, you're able to plan accordingly in terms of just the pick and man phase. Like that. It's not even that. It literally is what it is. That is. You can see how the enemy jungler pass. You you can can see see what they power of the year. There is no difference in that. Like, but there's. There is. I I don't understand. Like again, the big difference between best of fives is the fact that the pick and ban phase is able to be swapped up because, like, you can you can change up your play style depending on how they are. That, That that is the big difference. Like, you were able throughout the entirety of the year. It's not like you have more games to watch in a best of five than you do a best of one throughout the, like, all of the games combined. Like, you're still seeing their, their pathing in that. I'm like, they could change something up and they could be a little bit goofy and cheese you. And that's that's another big thing. They can't they can't pull off the same cheese, but that comes down to the pick and van phase again. Like, my big thing about G2 right now is the fact that, first of all, I want to say I don't think G2 has ever been an incredibly good I mean, uh, Perks has ever been an incredibly good ADC in terms of just ADC skills. He's always lacked what I've seen a lot of traditional ADC's capabilities able to dish out a lot of sustained damage. He's never going to be able to provide that from what I've seen recently. So um, with with Mickey X playing a lot worse, he's not able to cheese these lanes as usual, as often as he used to be able to. Like, again, I think his Ezreal and Lucian, more so ability-based ADC's, he's a lot de- more decent on. And that's why you see him on those pretty pretty okay amount, but for the most part, I'm mean, he's not been too impressive on these these full a bit like auto attack based ADCs. Like he's decent on Zaya, which is again another ability based ADC, but with ability to self peel. Like he struggles on a lot of these things, and that's been something that's been kind of like a like shown in this this recent this uh, season. But mm. another thing that's the problem is that everybody's playing like trash, like. If you've seen it, I mean, who, who's playing well on this team right now besides Caps? No one. 
Yankos is terrible. One I mean, been jugglers average. look worse when you have yeah, non-winning non lanes. That, yeah, but in theories, yes. But in, in practice, right, but, in I this mean, game, yeah. I, you, you can see that he's playing worse. I mean, it's just it, it, theorizing all these things doesn't matter when the, the facts are right in front of you. Like, I mean, junglers will always look good when you have winning lanes anyway. That, that's just going to be how it's going to work with any that, jungler, no I mean, matter I what. I say Blabber is trash, and I say Yankos <laughs> is bad. I mean, That's because you're stupid. No. The problem is that Yankos is just genuinely struggling right now. He's not playing as well as he used to. He's not like a lot of – like he's playing like in, in more so a similar fashion as Darduck has been playing recently. Like, he's trying I, to I force things he doesn't have to. It's just been very big – clear-cut holes in their gameplay that's just from what i've been noticing honestly I, mean, I, I do i do think that g2 still has the capabilities to pull off if they can bounce back to be the best team in this league because there is not a solidified amazing team in this league right now i think mad lines is a pretty incredible team mm -hmm. i think fanatic is playing a lot better now so that like for, for right now the two teams that i know for a fact in my opinion that are going to worlds right now is going to be mad lines and fanatic and that's really the only two i could say these two teams are going to go to worlds like the other two teams, I don't know enough. I'm not 100% sold on Rogue yet, and I don't have too much faith in G2 bouncing back yet. But I don't – the problem is there's not much competition to keep them out of Worlds. Like, Origin? They, they do look a little better with Jack Troll, though. Origin looks trash recently with Jack. Jack Troll, in the previous two games, has died a com combined, like, like or the past four games or so. Let me, like let, maybe I forgot. Hold on. Maybe I forgot. Let me actually yeah. go see. Maybe when I forgot. When Jack started off, the first two games, it was a honeymoon phase. I think he did Solid. But the, the, the previous game, the, the, the next, like, games coming after let, that, let he me did see. terrible. Uh, he played against Fnatic, and then he played up against Vitality. Let, let, let me see right now. Fnatic, Fnatic actually look a little bit better. They've been actually steadily getting better. They, they're fixing a lot of issues. They're not fixing a lot of issues. They're still issues, but they're not as bad as they were a few weeks ago, honestly. I mean, this is, I mean, I want to point out, this is probably the best iteration, our best version I've ever seen of, like, how well Jack Troll played for Vitality. This is the best he's ever performed for Vitality, was his last game against them. Like, when he was on Vitality, he was terrible. But now that he's on Origin and playing against Vitality, he's carrying them. <laughs> is that even possible? Well, yeah, that's just the point of it. If you want Jack Troll to be your MVP, you have to put him on the opposing team, apparently. That's true. Oh, oh I watched this game. Yeah, they got, like, good God. Jack I mean, Vitality's, Vitality's not a bad team. They've been, they're actually a dark horse team. They have decent to average players on their team. Vitality, I mean, I think Cambochard is always going to be my favorite top laner because I just love the way he plays the game. I think he's obviously, Alfari is the best top laner in the league. I think that's without a doubt. But he is just not this. He doesn't play the game in the same dimension as like Cavashard. Cavashard is so he plays every aspect of the game, and Afari is just genuinely just incredible. And it, like, well, what do you want Jackal to do? Like, what Jack do you want? Just stop dying, man. He's just. It's not even that he's forcing engages and dying. He's getting caught out, and it's obnoxious. He has. He has, He's only playing characters with massive amounts of escapes too. He's just <laughs> dying. Like Comp Comp is not playing terrible. It's not playing well, but I mean, it's not his fault. He's laning with a, a person who's just consistently running it down. I mean, he's running it down too. But oh, you mean Labarov? I said, oh no, I said Comp. What? Comp is oh, 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 I mixed him up. Sorry. Stupid upset. 
Upset, yeah. You're, you're talking about this, this, this. I'm seeing the vitality on the opposite screen right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, upset is just. I mean, he's playing well, but he's again, he's he's not. I mean, he he's just struggling because of the fact that Jackson's not providing anything for him. Like it's it's really just. Been but what's a big, Destiny? But what's Destiny providing anything either? No, I mean, I obviously, I, mean, I don't know what the better choice is here. They're both <laughs> terrible. But I mean, Jackson. Probably- I mean, that was good right there, right? What? Oh yeah, I forgot they missed that. Oh, I forgot. Oh god, it looks worse now. I'm watching it. Holy crap! I mean, are you being too harsh on Jack Troll? <laughs> no, he's he's playing poorly. You have to call out stuff like that. Jack Troll is making a lot of poor mistakes that shouldn't be happening from a veteran. Usually, the the mistakes in a veteran are like they're getting out macro, um, mechanic or something. But he's just genuinely making poor decisions, and that's something only Hillisang should be doing as a veteran. Hillsing at least has the mechanics to just like make that acceptable. Jackson so that was the. Happen. He's just he's. Wait, so they went they went zero two two this week, didn't they? Because they lost to uh or they lost to Vitality and they lost to Fnatic, didn't they? Yep. I mean, Fnatic understandable. Fnatic's been playing out of their mind in the past two weeks, and I think they're probably the best team in the league right now. Mm. But over Mad Lions. Yeah, I actually think so. I think mm. Fnatic. I think mechanically, Fnatic. I mean, uh. Mad Lions is probably better, but that doesn't really matter because I think the way, like, I honestly think that Orome is going to get beat down by the way, I mean, Whippo right now. I think Whippo stepped it up a lot. So I think that's probably a big. Like, I mean, they gave Hillisang, you know, uh, they gave him a champion he can impact the game on early enough. They gave him Pike. I mean, this happens. I mean, Nuked up. Just, I don't even know what, this why, I don't know what's going on with this guy anymore. It's, it's just, I've, I've, I've said all I need to say. The man is just not that good right now. I mean, he, he's played a lot better. This like these when they started doing better. I mean, he was playing better. I mean, it seems like they swapped up to giving him more impactful early game play, play champion. Like Corky is really a lane bully, and that's just something I think Nuke Tech would thrive on. But I mean, it just and again, he had a lot of decent engages in that game. It's not like he was terrible. I don't want to say that uh, Nuke Tech is a terrible player. I think there are some good aspects to his gameplay. I just think there's so many big flaws. In terms of just how it functions in today's meta, that I don't think he'd be a good pick. Hmm. Like, so you have Origin running it down, losing zero two. Fnatic on the uh, upswing, and then you have um, G two scraping by to keep the playoffs hopes alive. Hakuna Matata, as they said on Twitter. <laughs> you know, you know what's funny though. You know, it's really, 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 really funny. Shalka beat the last split. Two finalists. <laughs> That's their only wins, is it not? <laughs> and then they uh, won their the following game. Actually, did they? Oh, they won the game after that. Yeah. So it, it's Odawame posted on Twitter that their playoffs hosts are alive. <laughs> they actually are. They're not out of playoffs yet. I don't think. And are what's they? is Gilius secretly good now? Apparently, I don't know. I doubt it. But Gilius. I mean, Gilius. Every once in a while, just. Like I think that's the thing that I I I can't say is a pro. Like I I, I think that's the big thing I don't want to take away from uh, Gilius is the fact that he does. Oh, they beat the, Misfits! Oh my God, Misfits are still better looking. than Fnatic. I mean, that's up to debate. I mean, obviously, I think that it's possible. I think that Fnatic is still mechanically worse than Mad, but I mean, Nemesis was the big the big problem with this team for the most part, and Sorry. I think he stepped it up drastically. I mean, there there are. Very good, decent amount. Like, I mean, I still think, uh, let's see, Mad has a better bot lane. Akarzi, I'm not Akarzi, uh, 
Oh, he's Jared. Oh, he's in my. Oh, hi, hi, Jared. He's in the podcast group that we do every week. Okay. Hi, Jared. How you doing, bro? I think that obviously Mad Lions has the best bot lane, probably possibly in the West. I think that their uh, their top lane obviously is a big struggling point for them. I think Arome is not as decent as I did. Like he, they put him on Jax against uh, against G two, and I don't think he was as impactful as he should have been. He wasn't even getting ganked that much. Uh, Shadow is incredible. I mean, there's there are some good aspects to uh, Mad Lion, and I think all around mechanically they're the best team. But I do think they struggle in terms of just when they don't get a lane lead, and we haven't really been able to see that like recently because they're obviously always winning in terms of the, the early game. But I do think, I don't know. I, I want to see what it, I want to see the matchup before I say anything. This is just what I think would happen. But I mean, obviously he still up. is not a believer in rogue. He's just like, rogue is not good. I, mean, I didn't <laughs> say they're not good. I just said, I don't think they're on the same level as mad lines right now. Mm. I think mad lines is probably the best team. Even though did I you watch, did you watch any, uh, LCK or LPL series? I've watched, um, what did I watch? I'm going to go see. You I watched. Did you? I watched Dragon X versus Genji. I watched that one. I know. I know for watch, sure. I did. Did you watch IG versus uh, F? No, IG versus Top. IG versus Top. Uh, IG versus Top was the most recent game from them. No, that was, that was a series I didn't see. I saw Genji versus uh, Dragon X, and I saw T1 play Hanwha Life. I so mean, I, I, all I, all I have to do is watch. Um, all I got to do is watch the IG and uh yeah, T1 most, series. Okay. TS IG series. Yeah. TG, yeah. TS. I mean, I think. I mean, who do, who do you think are the best teams coming out of coming out of both those regions right now? The LCK, Genji is actually improved on a lot of things. I mean, like Genji looking at their really, gameplay, they they've actually improved by Dragon X recently. Dude. I mean, Dragon X is the best team, so you got to take that for what it is. But outside of that, they've actually been been improving on a lot of things. It's just yeah. that Rascal is so shit still. Like, he, I don't know. Like if they want to take their team to the next level and have that super team, they're gonna have to get a better a better top laner. It's just it is what it is. I don't. I just don't think that you say you want to be the best team in the LCK, and you have players like Rascal on your team and players like Life. That's not doing anything. It's like Clid and BD and Ruler are really great players and mechanically insane. But pairing them up with like Rascal and players like Life. I mean, I I get why you do that because you want to balance out the team. You don't want to have too many carries because too many resources. It's not about too many carries, man. It's just he's a bad player. It's not weak. He doesn't play weak side well. Like. You can look at Alorum, who I don't think is an incredibly good carry potential player, but he still acts, actually is able to play the weak side well. He's not a bad player. And that's the, that, that, that is the difference between playing weak side and being put in the weak side. I'm like, they consistently put Rascal on a weak side champion because he's not able to, not able to compete with these top lane, like these best top laners. Like, hmm. I mean, I think a lot of the struggles with Cloud, I'm TSN, I'm like T1 right now, obviously, are like. Kama oh, T1. Like Connor has not been playing as well as I expected from him. Again, they don't have the early game impacts because they have uh, no. It's like they have. They don't. How do I, how do I say this? Well, it's like they are not good at playing together. They're good individually, and it translates to their wins. They don't exactly. They're not exactly on the same page, but they're good enough all individually that it makes up for that. Damwon's actually bounced back really hard, actually. I mean, they 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 were never a bad team. I think Damwon struggled a little bit, but they've always had the team that I think was probably the best potential out of the league. I mean, they, I mean what 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 do you think is the best? You don't think that Damwon is I, the top three team right now? I think Damwon is better than Dragon X. I think Dragon Dragon X is so exploitable, but 
they they're so consistent at their playstyle. They're just the more advanced Team Liquid. My bro- my, just- my big problem with uh, saying Dragon X is exploitable is the fact that you can say you can have a one dimensional playstyle if it has a lot of champions to pick through. Because at that point in time, if you can't you if you can't counter that playstyle by being better than them, it doesn't really matter. Oh yeah, why did he play Quinn in this game? What is he playing Quinn I mean- for? I mean, Quinn is just a pretty, pretty detriment. Like he's just an oppressive top laner. If you're trying to smash a lane, that's that's probably one of the best top laners to do it. It's one of the only top laners that beats like Teemo. Like mm. there's really no matchups that Quinn doesn't completely dumpster. But uh, like, I think the big thing about Team Liquid, I'm um, T1, is the fact like they're they're playing around just like a what's it called? They're playing around a team who I don't think is succeeding very well in a rigging and pressure. Like, they're really trying... Like, again, if you look at this game, they do try and make stuff happen, but it doesn't really amount to anything for the most part. I think a lot of their their ganks have been stifled or they're responding to something else from the enemy team. You don't really see them take the initiative on this stuff. And it's oh, I forgot. I- they subbed out Cuve. Thank God. Thank holy moly God. Cuve stinks, man. Cuve stinks. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think that's going to save this team. They're just not. Oh, good. it's not. Yeah. They're, they're all around just a bad team. Like, they, they picked up Layhands and Viper, and I don't think that was the most the most impactful thing. Again, they do, that is a good bot lane to some extent. But, I mean, Layhands is just a significantly better player than Viper. I mean, you, you have to pair him up with a, a, at least a better ADC than that. I mean, if you want to succeed at anything. But, again, Viper is still a solid ADC, so it's not like you're getting too little out of him. But, uh but T- you can beat T one. Like going into worlds, people are gonna think T one smash Korea. It's not the case. I I, I, I just can't think that. I mean, they I will. Think. It's just it's ha- it happened last year when when, when T one clearly had problems in their gameplay, but oh they they just smashed everybody. It's like no, they denied. They almost lost to Genera at certain points. You know, it's, it's just gonna happen with their team overall. It's just the name that they carry. They're mm-hmm. they're gonna think that Faker was the best mid when he's like the fourth best mid laner in the league. It's All just I've like heard recently is people reiterating what the casters are saying. That's just the majority of casual player people. Is the fact yeah, most of them pretty much just regurgitate that. Knight is the best mid laner and all that stuff. And I think that there's just so many other things that you could like. Mole is probably, in my opinion, one of the best mid laners too. But like, Angel is actually pretty solid too. But it's just you can't really fault casual players for not knowing as much. I mean, obviously, no one's gonna go in there saying that T one is the best team. I mean, there's there's just not too many people who like if you're thinking. You never want to count them out though. Never ever count T one out of like any worlds. Don't count them out of best of fives. Never never ever sleep on them ever. You don't ever want to do that right now, dude? I'm not. I sure. I just. I, I can never count on T1. Even even when they look bad, I'm like, this is still a scary team in a best of five, no matter what. I mean, because like they even when even when players. even when they look bad, they they can still beat pretty much anybody though. That's not on their level. I mean, that's, the problem is that I mean, obviously they have Teddy, who I think is the best player on this team for probably the two straight years now, and there's really not ADCs in the world that can compete with him. I mean, with the retirement of Uzi, I think he's been the solidified best ADC in the world for me for a little bit. Like there's really just been no competition for him for that for that title. I mean, obviously, like there's there might be some people that are missing out on. I think Jackie Love is pretty call it solid. I think Jackie Love has just been one of the top three ADCs too. But I still think, like in terms of just consistency and all that stuff, I still would pick Teddy because again, even in the bad games for uh, T1, you still see him being the centralized point of power for this team. Teddy and Effort are so strong of a bot lane, though. I, mean, I, like, I, I do think Effort's decent, but I don't, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to contribute the success of the lane to him. I think he's been decent, but uh, I, I don't think he's a world class support. Really? 
I don't. Interesting. I don't think he's. I, I, I mean, he, he's decent. I if mean, they had, not, it, what about that one guy on Dragon X? If the, if if T one had him, Kira, I could see T one. I I I could see T one buying Dragon X's support. I could see I, it. If they're the gonna replace anybody, I still think. Uh, what's his name in top lane? Kana. Kana has not been as impressive as I because he looked really good going into playoffs last split, but he's not really. He's not lived up to that hype that I was hoping he'd continually put down. Like he's he's struggled a lot recently. Like Oh, guys, for a future series for the LCK, for me to try and uh get the L- LCK going, um I'm, I might just I have, I have something planned for the LCK. But when the LCK ends, I'm going to do we're, we're going to have a, a, a episode like this which is all dedicated toward the LCK before it starts playoffs. It's kind of like what we usually do anyway. But it's not. It wasn't like as formatted. So also, um, next week I want to do a jungler, jungler, mid laner, top laner, supporter, ADC power ranking. I think it'd be much, much more easier if we did junglers because that's probably the more easiest one to do. We'll 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 do a LCS jungler tier list. Like you have Blabber and S tier, and there's everybody else. Not just kidding. Um, you would have uh, probably the number one jungler. As much as I don't want to say that. But there is not that, an S tier jungler in the LCS right now. That's probably what I would do, honestly. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I have some stuff for the LCK and the LPL guys. It's just so hard watching all these people. I try to keep up with every, everything as possible. And like I, I, I think that in the LPL, as I'll, I'll touch them a little bit. FPX, oh my god, I don't want to watch their games that much anymore. It's very un- uninspiring watching them. It's like they have their little five minutes of fame, and now they're getting exploited. That's kind of how I see it. You can see it differently. They had a really good... Uh, the meta shifts were not beneficial to them. They never really exactly had the best players in every single position. They just worked together really well. Kind of like G2 from last I year mean, as I well. I think the big problem in terms of meta is the fact that it's been... Like, the actual impact that Botlane has had has been a lot bigger. Because, I mean, L- LWX has never been an incredibly good ADC. I mean, that's always been the struggling point that I think has been for them. Even the top lane... With Gimgoon has not never has never been that bad because he's a solid weak side top laner, which is something that you don't really you don't need. It, it would be nice to have a carry on the team, and LWX has never been able to provide that. Even in his world's performance where he didn't die, he still wasn't a great ADC. I mean, I just I just have never been sold on him. I think that Gimgoon is still fine on this team. I think it's obviously been working out a lot more than uh, Khan has. So I mean, I think you would probably keep it that at this point. But uh, mm. for the most part, I think there's. Not really much I could say in terms of just how much I'm I'm it's like if you want to fix this team, you need to replace the, the ADC. I mean that's just the weakest point of the team at this point. And it's one of the biggest aspects of this meta right now is getting I watched, I try to watch as much I try to watch as much games as I can. And when I do watch FPX, they are it's just not the same anymore. They're they it's like they're making clear cut early game mistakes that they wouldn't have made last year, but that is a benefit off like Remember, people, Doing B was not good mechanic, like good enough as like a player like Rookie or a player like um, Angel or a player like um, is the mid laner for OMG Icon, or is that the top laner? What? It's OMG's mid laner Icon, right? You're talking about on OMG. OMG. On OMG. Is he on OMG. I'm pretty sure Icon's on OMG. OMG's on. Yeah, OMG has Icon. I'm pretty sure. I'm well, sure. that's not, that. That's their top laner. I forgot, but. Like the, I think the mid laner on OMG yeah, is no, better. OMG icon is literally the, yeah, he's the mid laner. Okay, I think he's better than Doing B. He's I think Fo. I think Fofo on BLG is, is trash, better. Dude, 
Fofo's better, me- Fofo's better mechanically, mechanically than Joy B. It's not yeah. true. He's literally I don't the know. worst mechanical. He's the worst decision making. Literally, Yagao. better than Yagao's better right than Joy B. He is the worst Zoe than Golden Glue is. <laughs> and that's not even a joke. Fofo is literally worse at, at Zoe than Golden Glue is. That's okay, maybe not Fofo. Fo. What about Fo-Fo like Yagao? Yagao. If you want to talk about the best top laners in the league right now, it's Knight. Mid laners. Then I think. Then I think Mole. Then I think like it, it. Pretty much it goes down from there. I think those are the top two solidified. I mean, Rookie's been playing out of his mind there. though. Rookie's been playing well too, but uh, I think the top two are obviously pretty solidified. I think Rookie's up there too, but mm-hmm. like. I don't think doing be is as bad as you're making him out to be. He is mechanically weak, but he's not insanely weak to the point where it's exploitable. I think. I think that, it. I mean, who who is exploited like, him? What, what lane? I think if Bjerks, if Bjergsen faced him, I think Bjergsen could beat him. He could, but that doesn't matter. Because that's sad because that's Bjergsen to a world class, world championship winning mid laner. You like, know what? if you want to point out, Bjergsen would probably beat Nemesis too. So you can keep saying like you you could trash all you want. Bjergsen's a solid top lane mid lane. Tetramon was Tetramon on world on worldly right or Teachermon? Teachermon's also Teachermon's not. He's pretty solid overall, right? Very I mean, solid I mid lane. That was one of the strongest points of their spring split, but I don't I don't think he's. Been... Well, he's kind of stuck on Karma duty right now. So, good God, I wouldn't I would wouldn't wish playing Karma my worst enemy. But you know, I just think think that they had their little the meta shifts. They weren't. Exactly the best team. It's like met, the meta really, 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 really complimented them. But I think that right now, I still think uh, JDG has gotten a lot better. People, people still think JDG is bad. No, they've actually improved uh, quite a bit. They're actually what eight and two. So I mean, JDG has been struggling a lot recently. The best, the best teams in the league right now, I think, in terms of just the the most solid. I think, like honestly, it might be IG. Oh, V five, V five has a pretty V5, strong team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're five team i mean they they just got beat by ig just purely based on a like it was a really close series for the most part but i think ig has really pulled it back together they beat two of the top three teams standing wise rng looks so lost without uzi it's not even funny like i mean the worst team in the top five i mean in 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 playoff position right now i think the, the last place team is probably sooning like i do like sooning as a team i think they're 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 their objective control based like style is interesting enough. But I mean, they have Sword Art. They have Sword Art, Quan Fong, Angel, SOFN, and Bin. Bin. So it's like they have a good team. They have a solid. They have a solid team. But if SOFM doesn't contribute any early game impact, then it just doesn't really do anything. Like their 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 team fo- solely focuses and relies on SOFM and Sword Art providing early game impact. That's sad. That's their team. They they're a team that forces skirmishes around objectives early on because they will literally get four dragons before twenty minutes happens because they they really do prioritize it. And I think that's one of the the most they're they're really one of the most unique terms teams in that aspect because that's been most of their success has been trying to force out a better engaging con engage on the enemy team in terms of just like in in the extreme early game. And I think that's something like they're 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 not a ganking style team, but they are somebody who. I think Steel has early game like a pressure. Hmm. Like I mean, if you see some of the games that succeeded on early in the season, I think that I watched the OMG S- game. I watched that SOFM literally didn't ever gank, and there were really <laughs> no fights. But they like by they, they forced the enemy team to fight them like before mid game because they they had to contest those early dragons after a while. There was the game where he played Trundle 
and he was like two and zero early on, and he was just running the whole. He was just running away with the game. I was like, I "What is this?" SOFM. SOFM is not as good as he used to be. I think he's still one of the best. I think a pretty solid jungler, but I think I think his understanding of the game is definitely not to the level at which it was. It probably like two seasons ago. Like, I, I I'm I'm a little bit sad about that, but I mean that's just the reality of how how long people stay in their primes. I mean, how many people are still in their primes after two to three years? Like, they, they, I mean, not a lot. There's not too many. Yeah. Like Faker but, wasn't in his prime anymore. There's just been a lot of players like that. But, yeah, that pretty much solidifies it. Uh, next week, we will have our jungler, our NALCS jungler tier list. And I guess week to week, we'll try and throw it up, up there, actually. But, yeah, anything else you want to say before we close out that I'm a god at league knowledge, right? <laughs> what do you want right. me to say to you, man? All right, cool. And now, hope you guys enjoy the new overlays. I'm always trying to, you know, uh, change stuff up. If you guys notice, no, notice the uh, MSK uh, thing icon up here, that's because that, that's the main channel. But I stream, obviously, through my uh, – it, it goes through StreamYards, but I'm just trying to make sure the uh, presentation of the show looks differently. And, yeah, that pretty much solidifies it. And I'll see you guys later. See you next week. This is uh, every Monday. The timing is always depending on his time because I'm free anytime on Monday after like a certain amount of time. I want to try and make this show earlier. I really do. I want to see how the viewership will be earlier on, but we'll see how it goes. Um, that's it. If you guys are watching this as a VOD, just make sure you like the video. It's all I ever want. And that is it. Intro out. Nightwing. Way of Life Esports is signing out, guys. Peace. One. The